With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to another special edition of Bigfoot and the Bunny for the Paranormal UK Radio Network. My name is Chris Carr. And uh, this this week, um, <laughs> as of the recording of this introduction, uh, New Year's Eve is uh, but a couple days away. Uh, we're going into 2022, and Kristen and I thought it would be a good idea to give you guys a show, an interview that we did earlier in the year before we were on Paranormal UK Radio Network. Uh, this is with Dr. Joe Gallenberger, and it's about psychokinesis in manifestation. And uh, it seems entirely appropriate with the new year coming. We do uh, think 2022 will be a year of rebirth, both on a personal level and also on a human level. And... Um, we hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, it seems extremely appropriate. And also, we, we wanted to uh, give a big shout out to our Paranormal UK radio family, uh, Mark, uh, Irene, everybody uh, with the family. Just uh, happy holidays and uh, happy new year. Um, we really appreciate being here. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's move on to that interview. Welcome to Bigfoot and the Bunny. This is a couple's journey into the mysterious, the unknown, and and the the paranormal. paranormal. I'm your host, Chris Carr. And I'm your host, Kristen Johnson. Together, Together, we we are are Bigfoot Bigfoot and and the the Bunny. Bunny. Uh, Dr. Joe Gallenberger is a clinical psychologist with 30 years of experience as a therapist. In 1992, he began to investigate psychokinesis, or PK, the ability to influence matter using the energy of directed consciousness. This unique energy is useful in healing and manifestation. Gallenberger scientifically confirmed PK in university laboratories and has taught PK in over 150 worldwide workshops, such as Inner Vegas Adventure. And I'm going to plug the book here. (laughs) Inner Vegas Adventure. Where students achieve dramatic healing, strong influence over dice and slot machines, and many powerful manifestations at home. Welcome, Joe. Welcome. Thank you again. Hi. How are you? Good. Yeah, we're we're doing you. okay. We're a little bit of a panic. And our camera's disappearing. We got crazy stuff going on today, but um, welcome to the show. Welcome to Bigfoot and the Bunny, and thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Sure. Thank you for having me. We'd like to start out with asking you um, how and when did you get involved um, in 
psychokinesis? Um, I work as a clinical psychologist, but I also uh, have been a trainer at Monroe Institute for 30 years. And when I was up there uh, working with some programs, uh, found that if somebody, say, had a headache, I could touch their shoulder and the headache might go away. We might uh, need that. And then later, yeah, later we um, were working with the program and to practice some um, uh, meditation techniques we were using, we were having a uh, game of dice and I found my hands getting really warm, my heart wide open, connected to spirit, grounded to the earth well. And the same uh, mental state or, or consciousness state is for healing and found with that I could roll what I wanted on the dice. So I rolled seven sevens in a row, for example. Wow. And um, that, that intrigued me because uh, that's studyable. We know exactly what the statistics are on dice. And um, it seems since it was the same energy as healing energy and manifestation energy, it was something I wanted to pursue. So I went to Princeton Engineering Anomalous Research Labs as a subject and left there knowing PK was real and that I could do it because we got uh, some results at 30,001 by chance or better. Then uh, I wanted to get a black belt in PK, meaning I had to find a place to practice. And Las Vegas was perfect because we, again, know the uh, statistics on dice and slot machines. So I started going out there by myself and found it um, uh, very uh, possible to do in a very positive psychological state. Um, and so pretty quickly began to bring people out with me. And we've done, we were at 99 workshops when COVID hit. So we're waiting to do our 100th, hopefully this fall of the Inner Vegas Adventures. And then I wrapped back around to Monroe Institute and started a six-day program there called Manifestation and Creation Squared, where we explore PK. And I still work with laboratories now, University of Virginia. Um, for example, last experiment uh, was 48 seconds of doing psychokinesis, 48 seconds rest on and off for 100 trials with um, 128 elite EEG on your head to see what's going on in the brain when people do this. And we got significance um, on the PK and also uh, interesting brainwave patterns. So continue to um, explore this on a science basis as well as a practical basis. That's super interesting. And I know one of my uh, questions for you, it was something I was reading in the book where you talked about um, being at the Monroe Institute back in, the, I guess it was around 1991, and um, you got yourself connected to an EEG neuromapper for that brain mapping. And um, there were some differences there, right? So as far as uh, what an average person maps uh, and what parts of the brain light up, if you will, in there. Um, mm -hmm. Most people have a resting uh, occipital uh, alpha wave pattern that's toward the back of the head with a narrow field of tension. But you had a resting temporal uh, gamma wave pattern, which is wide field attention. Could you tell us a little bit about that? We're actually very interested in brain mapping and yes. what goes on in the brain when, you know, uh, PK yeah. psychic experiences occur. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have a background in paranormal and some other things. You can see we've got some creepy stuff behind us and all that. <laughs> we think, you know, mm -hmm. these things are all related, you know, whether Connected. people manifest yes. ghosts and that yes. kind of stuff or whether there's something there. Um 
Can you tell us a little bit about that mapping? Yes, so um, at the time that they did the analysis there, I was the first one they saw with that pattern. Since then, there's been quite a few. You could look at this almost as some people having a wide field attention. They may even be labeled attention deficit disorder. Um, but it tends to be also associated with psychic feeling uh, functioning because you do have a wide, wider field of attention. Um, it would be oversimplification. You just say it was uh, gamma in the temporal lobes, but that can be part of it. There can be synchronous beta in the frontal lobes, uh, numbers of interesting patterns. <clears throat> and we find Monroe Institute is a place where they uh, have developed a meditation system that easily changes brainwave patterns for people uh, called Hemisync. Um, and so we use that up there for most people within 10 minutes, they can be deeply relaxed. 15, 20 minutes, they're in a highly altered state where they might be in touch with guidance or be able to do PK tasks, those kind of things. Um, I'm going to back up a little because I want to set a good uh, theme for the show. Uh, a lot of people talk about PK as being a mental controlling mental things with your mind. I think the mind is like a steering wheel in the car. It sets direction for intent, but the car goes nowhere without gas. And I found in my work that the best gas you can put in the PK car is the energy of unconditional love. It's very positive spiritually, psychologically. So somebody could do PK out of great anger or agitation states, much like a woman, you know, lifting car off of a child mm -hmm. um, might be in an altered state of consciousness. Uh, but for doing this on a consistent, regular basis, we use uh, energy of the deepest love, kind of an agape uh, in the Greek term, uh, love for all beings, feeling one with everything, including the spoon for bending metal, the dice for rolling dice. And with that, we get, uh, we've had 1.6 billion to one by chance on roulette. We've had um, about 200 million to one by chance on slot machines and um, on dice, uh, very spectacular results over the time. So, um, when my guess is because we've studied brain maps of people doing all kinds of things that many people doing PK may have a different look in the brain. Uh, there'd be uh, different patterns associated with high altered states in everything that we've studied so far. So you can't really say gamma equals PK or something like that. It's just not that simple. So there were just uh, some consistencies. And, and when you use the, the hemisync techniques and things like a binaural mm -hmm. beats, I guess, do you, does yes. it, does the can you actually see the changes in the in the neuromapping? Yes. So if you are being real time neuromap to usually what we see is um, binaural beat technology is relying on putting one a sound in one ear like a hundred cycles, the other ear a hundred four, and the brain goes into the difference. Uh, so in my example, four cycle rhythm. So the first thing you see on a brain map would be synchrony be between the left and right hemispheres begin to beat together. Okay. And then they move into the level of brainwave 
pattern that we might be aiming for. We were aiming for a deep delta, four cycle per second. You could be showing a sleep pattern. Your body could be snoring, and yet you would have awareness because we're also adding some beta and a late alert signal. So in the Monroe system, one thing that's sophisticated about it is there may be patterns of up to 20, 28 different patterns within a half hour meditation. And so they're constantly shifting uh, through delta, theta, gamma, alpha, uh, as opposed to a lot of the programs you could get online that might have pure alpha, for example. And with that, you can get some very interesting states of consciousness going. That's super interesting. I, I was really impressed so, with um, some of the testing that you did in the Princeton labs. Um, one of the mm -hmm. tests being that um, they had two different pictures. And I think one was a cat and the other was like a pyramid. And if you yes. focused on on one there was a random number generator the pixels you know would go one way you know for for yes or no you know zero and the other way for one and you could influence it and actually create the picture instead of it being a blur of two pictures mm -hmm. yeah so that experiment is called art reg um they've used that a lot because it is of a pretty high interest to people like you can pick select two different things and I, you know, went, uh, the, the computer's picking ones and zeros for one for, say, the cat picture, zero for the pyramid. And you get into an excited state, think about how much you love cats and go, here, kitty, 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 and, <laughs> and get your heart wide open. And you begin to see that cat come locked in clearer and clearer. And that one was, I think, 30,000 won by chance when I did it. Um, they also have the height of a fountain bubbles by random hydrodynamic law. So the column height of the water keeps changing. And the task was to do uh, make the water column high. Of course, you can't touch this. This is all behind glass hmm. lit by laser light. It's real pretty. Um, and then 15 minutes high, 15 minutes low, 15 minutes control. And we got a Z-score of 12.97. 1.96 is once in 100 by chance. And so 12.97 being in a, it's an exponential scale is pretty much off the charts. Absolutely. Um, and uh, the nice thing, that random number generator that was in our reg, uh, slot machines have pseudo-random number generators. So I've had success visualizing a royal flush in hearts. Uh, Eight, ten, ten queen, ten jack, queen, king, ace of hearts in sequence, and they've gotten that in the first pull out there, which is 140,000 to one by chance. Wow. And wow. Um, the nice thing in Vegas is you get rewarded with money. Uh, <laughs> in the lab, it's actually kind of boring, you know. <laughs> right. To, to do, yeah, to do 48 seconds PK on and off for 100 trials, when they've already spent a half hour putting. 128 lead EG on your head takes a lot of motivation. Um, and so being a psychologist rather than many of them were engineers, um, I looked a lot at motivational set in the laboratory experiments. And Princeton had gotten wonderful results, 12 and a half million trials 
Uh, they got significance, but they were using mostly unmotivated undergraduates who may have drank the night before for extra credit, you know, to make up a, a story and not really telling them what's possible. And, and, and so I was wondering more, what would Qigong masters do, energy healers, people that have some um, familiarity with energy sending, energy receiving, um, we would maybe get a more a strong effect. And, and I think that tends to be true, though most people can do this. Um, it's very natural, but just because it's natural doesn't mean it's easy. Um, Chris and Kristen um, say, I said, uh, well, we're all getting sleepy. Let's go to bed. We're having a party and now we're all going home. And you get home and you say, gee, I'm tired. Uh, I think I'll get in bed. And then you think of something else and you fall asleep, right? It's kind of an intention, let go. But if I said, go on TV uh, tomorrow night and I'll give you $10 million if you can fall asleep and in 20 minutes with 100 million people watching you, you might have trouble, right? Because now Most it's definitely. struggle, effort, you know, self-consciousness. And that's what tends to get in the way with the PK. Um, if I say, here, here's a, a spoon to a kid. A, ch a child, and I say, you can bend it, they may easily bend it. If you give it to an adult, they get into their mind and go, I don't know if it can be, I don't know if, and underneath, uh, I won't be able to do it as I will be able to do it, which would change their whole belief system about the world and their sense of power. So it gets loaded up pretty quickly. So our main thing is we have to get people into joy, lovingness, gratitude, feelings of abundance, playfulness get out of their heads so when we're at the dice table if we all feel one uh with the universe we're grounded to the earth we're in that present moment we're having a great time hearts are open you tend to get rewarded with money within seconds if you go into greed fear ego you tend to get punished by withdrawal of money so in the vegas adventure workshops we found really in three days we could train somebody into a more enlightened way of living, almost like you would train a dog to sit by reward um, because you'd get rewarded if you did better and then you'd get to learn what that state was like. So it's been an interesting journey. I've been on it for 20 plus years and I wrote about it in that Inner Vegas book you were going to hold up, Chris. <laughs> well, I get a, a sip of water. <laughs> Can I see it? It's an excellent book. I, uh, I'm so thoroughly enjoying this. Um, I noticed you. in the beginning of the book, you talked about some of your childhood experiences as well. It, it wasn't just mm -hmm. at the Minerals Institute that this all started. You had had a yes. history of PK-like experiences and unusual experiences. Could you tell us a little about that? Yeah, more um, telepathic with my mom and also quite a bit of out-of-body travel as a child. And then in college, uh, began to do out-of-body in more of a controlled way. Uh, part of that was motivated that I was uh, in a motorcycle accident at 21 and then ended up in skeletal traction six months and then uh, a body cast six months. So I didn't have much to do. And there in the hospital and began to practice out-of-body. Also, um, I, was going, I was in psychology as a program, but... One of the teachers came from the college when I was in the hospital and taught me Eastern religions and philosophy under independent study. So wow. I got some more familiarity that way. 
when I was real young, maybe six, seven years old, I used to have uh, what I call oneness experiences where I'd be just a point of consciousness at one with everything. And I didn't talk to people about it. I thought they might put me away somewhere. But being raised Christian, I began to read a lot about uh, Catholic mystics and things like that, uh, which motivated me to go to a monastery when I was 14 for two years. Um, and I liked the meditation contemplation, but I didn't like much else about the monastery. So out I came and back into uh, regular life where you, where you could date and things like that that I enjoyed. Sure, a little bit more more fun and um, a little more earthy. <laughs> yeah, a little more earthy. Sure. What were your childhood experiences like? That's weird. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was. Uh, you did mention though so, that like, there were um, out of body experiences as I was well. Going to go with astral. Yeah, were they? Was it an astral yeah. projection? Yeah. So. Um, sorry. When I, I can remember at the age, I don't know, maybe 10, 11, where you ride bicycles a lot. In our town, it was kind of hilly. So as I would go to sleep, often I would have the image of riding the bicycle down the hill, and then the handlebars would separate, and the bike would go down the hill, and I would continue on a straight path, holding on to the handlebars, and then drop the handlebars, fly around the neighborhood at about the height of the um, telephone wires, and go check on my friends and things. It was usually night, so it was kind of boring uh, in terms of what they were doing. Um, but later on, we'd do things in a more experimental way. I would notice uh, the digital clock as I would leave, what time it would be, what time I'd get back. I might go visit somebody who had a target. I'd ask them to put something on the dining room table, and um, I could see if I could identify that come back and then call them. And um, uh, some of those were pretty interesting. I remember going up to see my brother one time, unbeknownst to him. Um, he was about a thousand miles away. So I meet about six Oreo cookies and be on page 238 of this book and then called him and uh, was able to identify that to him. He said, yeah, that's what he was doing. So um, that's one of the things that got me interested in Monroe Institute because it's kind of famous for out of body. Um, right. Bob Monroe and, uh, was a, um, a, a big advocate for astral projection and I, I think wrote one yeah. of the classic books on it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He was a hard, hardcore businessman and began to uh, experiment with uh, sleep learning and because he had a lot of experience in radio shows, uh, he used to do the music for like The Shadow and shows in the 30s and 40s, that um, he uh, began to wonder about using sound to keep you just from falling asleep, right on that edge of sleep and awake, and uh, to learn languages and things. Some of the work was with the army. And uh, they were having some success, but because of his exposure to that signal, uh, he began to feel vibrations in his body as he would go to sleep. And one day he was thinking about flying the next day with his glider plane in the thermals in the mountains of Virginia. And he felt a bump and he opened his eyes and saw a fountain that confused him. And he oriented and it was the chandelier on the ceiling. And he looked down and saw his own body in bed. And that kind of scared him. So he slammed back into the body. But he was checked out medically and psychologically 
And then his curiosity got piqued. So he established the Institute basically to, he thought if 5,000 people had this experience, we would have a good database. And I think now it's 30 or 40,000 people have been through the premier program, Gateway at Monroe. Um, I love training there because people have all these interesting experiences. Um, talking to the people on the other side who have passed on and no longer have a physical body, creativity states, guidance states, out-of-body states, psychokinesis, uh, remote viewing, if you're aware of that term where you can yeah. perceive with no regard to time or distance. Uh, Joe McMonagle was remote viewer 001 in the government program, and he ended up marrying one of Bob's children. Um, so he uh, still talks occasionally at Monroe programs, uh, Joe McMonagle. So it's kind of a big, beautiful family. They've moved virtually with COVID and hoping to reopen again maybe August, September for the residential programs. Yeah, I just actually got my second COVID shot today. Mm -hmm. So I'm waiting oh, to see if Thank you. I got my there first on Monday. <laughs> side effects. But um, right. we're actually taking uh, remote viewing classes uh, for the last uh -huh. couple of months uh, with a mutual friend of ours, Michelle, that I mentioned in the, in the email uh -huh. to you. And I, I'll tell you, and I don't want to talk about us too much, but I wanted to tell you an interesting thing that happened to me uh, actually the other day uh, that's kind of related to this. Now, Michelle had told us that there would be a, a good chance that we would have pretty vivid dreams and we should mm -hmm. keep a dream journal, right? Which is something I've done in the past. Yes. And, um, it tends to help you remember those dreams. But I had this dream where I was, there were things going on in the dream. And at some point in the dream, I took a nap. And when I took the nap in the, in the dream, I astral projected. So it was uh -huh. like a dream within a dream. And it felt very much. And I, I do have some experience with astral projection. I used to have them also like when I was in middle school, I, believe it or not, I was really into this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was far better at it then than I am now. <laughs> now I have a really hard time getting it to work properly. But I'm in there and I have this feeling of floating and like I, like I know I can will myself to fly and do these kind of things. And I did. And I was in this, you know, like a dream where you're in a familiar place. Um, mm -hmm. It was in a town and everything was slightly pixelated. And that's what I thought was interesting about this. Almost like a video game, but not. It was just a it seemed computer generated in a way. And it and I mm -hmm. woke up from the, I, I got scared because of the way I had fallen asleep. I was afraid I was going to fall over. Remembered this, snapped back to the body, but in the dream, got up and continued mm -hmm. to have the dream. So when I woke up, I was like, oh my God, what, what just happened to me? <laughs> I projected in a dream, in a <laughs> dream. It made me think about like uh, simulation theories and things like that. Like, yes. Did I go to another yeah. layer of the onion of consciousness, the reality? <laughs> right. There was this kind of yeah. pixelated view within the astral projection. So it was very strange. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, con consciousness, is, uh, consciousness is really fascinating. And uh, people that do a lot of lucid dreaming, uh, I actually stopped lucid dreaming because sometimes I couldn't no longer tell when I was asleep or awake. Uh, for 20, 30 minutes, you'd be going through your morning routine and then realize you're still dreaming. Uh, and I found that disconcerting. Um, these psychic abilities tend to go together. So a lot of people don't know, like Yuri Geller was big on metal bending, and yet he was a world-class remote viewer. He could also do that, uh, give a 
the target was a cluster of grapes. He could draw every grape in the right position. Joe McMonaco, who's a master remote viewer, can take a uh, metal serving spoon and bend it to the place where they have to x-ray it to even figure out there's still a spoon. Um, so when you activate some of these psychic abilities, often others begin to uh, generate. Um, and I do think a lot of poltergeist activity is probably psychokinesis uh, being going on with often uh, prepubescent girls. That, that area right at the beginning of puberty is common. Um, but it's, uh, it, you, you know, the some people say, you know, I talk to a guide or whatever, and uh, they say, how do I know this is real? Uh, most people exploring consciousness have given up on the idea of real. Uh, there's an ancient book from Egyptian times, Middle Egypt, called The Kabillion. The first truth is everything is real. Second truth is everything is illusion. Third truth is the biggest mistake you could make is deciding either of those statements are truer than the other. Kind of a paradoxical universe, it looks like. Um, so, you know, be, the truck going by, you don't want to step in front of it. It is real on this level. And then at, uh, then at other levels, uh, I've had reports of people driving right through a truck and not getting hurt. Wow. Um, when I'm out in Vegas rolling dice, I can often see through the table, um, right, to see the people's feet underneath the table, even though the table's made of slate um, or heavy wood. Um Time gets distorted in this psychokinesis take, uh, task. So, um, uh, and I think that's similar to healing. Um, any energy healing system I'm aware of, there seems to be a place where they wink out of time a little bit. So, uh, Matrix Energetics has a two point technique uh, rapid eye movement, desensitization. There's an intention to heal and then a distraction by doing that, tapping. Um, and we see that with PK too. So I had an experience out in Vegas once where I rolled the dice and they seemed to just be turning slowly on top of the table. I felt I could go to the bathroom and come back and they'd still be there. And I did that till it felt boring. And I said, okay, land on 3-3, which you did. Um, so you get into time and space issues, uh, issues of consciousness, and uh, keep you busy for at least a lifetime trying to understand this stuff. Absolutely. I don't know if we'll yeah. ever figure out consciousness. We're trying like heck, but <laughs> it is a quest. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it when looks like. Uh, go ahead. Kristen. I was I was going to ask when you when you're in Vegas and you're doing this, and I know you said everything is like you take it from the heart. You you meditate first, and then you go downstairs. We'll say and throw the dice. How about all the energy around you? You you can feel everybody's energy. You can feel the energy in the room. Does that play a role in how uh, maybe sometimes how your um, dice will come out? Or when you're sure. Um, what, what we're doing is we send a preparation manual before people even go. I interview them on the phone to make sure they're not going to uh, – out of a fear or greed state, like trying to find next week month's mortgage, you know. Right. Um, and, and so it's people that are interested in energy work uh, and risk and taking risk, like in uh, 
day trading, those kind of things, um, and meditation. And we, um, we use meditation techniques. I have a whole series of meditations that are about 35 minutes on my website, Syncreation, uh, called uh, the Abundant Heart, the Healing Heart, Ocean Heart. They tend to um, give you tools to put a beautiful ball around you of energy. When we get to Vegas, we then meditate as a group and put that that vivid ball of energy around us. And as you probably know, like attracts like. So when we go through a casino, we see the people who are in love, the people who have just won. The uh, neon looks beautiful. We don't tend to pick up the vibes of fear and greed that are plentiful out there. But we're, we're in a different framework, if you will. When we get to the table, we have the table reserved just for us. Uh, the crews know us pretty well now. Um, they burst into tears sometimes and say, give us some of this energy. Um, <laughs> and they become part of this uh, zone, like in sports, a very high energy bubble. Um, people in that area may come and try to observe, uh, but the casino keeps them six feet away from us or so backward. Um, and so if you go that way, uh, the experience of Vegas is quite different than most people would experience Vegas. If you know those techniques and you go alone or with a loved one or friends, uh, you can maintain that bubble. I'm not saying forever, but four or five days, sure. Um, but you'd have to renew it with beauty of nature, meditating, um, those kind of things. Um, because if your energy got to a lower vibration, then you would probably pick up um, the greed and other things that are there. The negativity. Does that make sense? Yes. You know, oh, totally. The negativity, Absolutely. definitely. I, I explain yeah, so that. This becomes Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, this becomes training because there's negativity at work, at the mall, in airports, sometimes in your own mm-hmm. family. And so you're learning to maintain a very high energy state. This is really my home study course called Sync Creation is designed to be a lifelong yoga of ever increasing your heart energy, your positive empowering beliefs so that you move through the world differently. And in this time of politics and COVID, that's been very handy for people uh, because there's been a lot of fear and a lot of turmoil in the last, uh, let's say, 12 months. Um, But folks that are doing this, they move through um, beautifully. I love that uh, cor- that correlation talking about the heart, you know, as opposed to a lot of people go with the third eye thing and all your psychic abilities are with your third eye. But what you're saying is that, that is, like you said, is a steering wheel for the car, and it's really the heart energy that, mm-hmm. that flows out that changes mm-hmm. uh, your level of PK ability. Um, do you find yeah. that besides being able to change... Um, odds say in a casino that it also influences other things like telepathy like for instance Kristen and i are always in each other's heads <laughs> and it, it's it's crazy we're like the, we are you would think we were the oldest married couple ever because <laughs> we're constantly saying you know know what the other one's thinking and like oh my god i was just thinking of that we do that all the time do, is that more heart-based than say mind and do you believe yeah, in i would eye, uh, if you will? i'm going to back up and you know if we use the chakra system for this to work well 
you would have to have good rootedness if you're not grounded to the earth um, and really want to be here on this planet, even though it's a challenging thing to do. That's where I see most people who are of goodwill, maybe very spiritual seeking, and they have trouble with finances, relationship, health. Usually it's because they're not grounded. So this starts with being grounded. Then um, the power center feeling comfortable and the heart center very open. Throat actually is important too because it's an area of expression. Third eye can be great for telepathic kinds of things, but projecting energy outward, it can be a PK point as well. And then the crown being open for uh, energy from highest spirit. Um, yes, uh, usually we'll see as PK goes up, intuition goes up. So uh, and telepathy goes up. So we have people say that in the casino, um, they might have a thought, gee, I'd like to meet so-and-so. Uh, I haven't talked to them much, and they'll show up right in synchronistic order right at the bottom of the elevator with you. People will have a lot of telepathy thoughts at the table. So if we three were at the table, I might be looking at Kristen, and I just know she's going to roll a 10 as 5, 5 equals 10. I can bet on that, and, um, and that will come in. So we have a table of 18 people and say you two are on the one end. Uh, we put an energy arch around you, two people to really stabilize your energy and to send you good love, keep you grounded. And, um, and then at the other end of the table where people were sitting there, we go, I think she's going to roll a nine. Yeah, I do too. Seven out of eight people will know that you're going to roll a nine next. And so we, we bet that. Um, so we are dancing between telepathy, uh, precognition, um, and PK all the time. Uh, people ask me, you know, well, at Royal Flesh and Hearts, did you know which machine or, or you know, and use intuition to sit down at the right time? Or did you affect the machine? And I think it's both. Usually we will know when the timing is right and the place is right to project the energy to create change in the physical universe and that tends to happen when you're in good space of when to ask your boss for a raise when to call a person for a date when to uh, start a new project for business there's a intuition of connecting with the flow and then within that flow beginning to actively influence that flow does that make sense yes absolutely yeah it sure does i love so, that it comes from the heart I really do. Yeah, Being grounded yeah. and coming from, as I always say that, mm -hmm. that's my thing. It always comes yeah. from my heart. And that's where I flow yeah. the energy from. So we mentioned uh, the Princeton lab. There's a fella, Herb Mertz, I think it is. Uh, yeah. He wrote a book called The Selection Effect recently. And he was working with the random number generators. And he is an engineer, very de dedicated. So he was did a million trials by himself. But he'd get to a place where he was picking zero or one, the equivalent of flipping heads on a coin 12, 15 times in a row. When he'd get to that point, he would then begin to fear that he would not be able to do it the next time, and also the fear that he would be able to do it the next time because it would shatter his reality beliefs a little bit. And, and he would fail at that point when he was both 
be afraid of success and afraid of failure at the same time. And one day he was sitting there and he began to think of his grandma, who he deeply loved, her cookies she made, I don't know what it was. But when he was in that open heart space about his grandma, the success continued. And he couldn't just immediately say, Grandma, do this for me again. It had to be genuine. But he found if he was genuinely in his heart, he could continue the flow. And that's when at slot machines, usually I talk to my mom and dad who are both on the other side, my two brothers. I'm in this love space. After I've set my goal um, of a royal flush, for example, um, but then I'm I move into the heart and then let that come through. If you stay in your head, it'll just trip you up. <laughs> you don't have to kill ego, but you have to soften it. Uh, I love that. I love that. It, it reminds me of the adage like with work and employment and the things you do in your life. If you love what you do, it's no longer work. You know, if you're in a happy space with with life and comfortable and you enjoy it and it, for whatever reason, yes. it no longer becomes work and it just flows and things just flow naturally, you know, rather than being yeah, I use, desperate. I use almost like a uh, balance scale where if you were in 90% fear, uh, oh, my God, I, you know, I'm going to go ask for a raise, but I hope they don't fire me and 10% desiring that raise and feeling worthwhile and good for that raise, you're probably going to get what you don't want. As you get to 50-50, things not much happens. 60-40, where you're 60% in good desire, happiness, 40% fear, things begin to come in, but with glitches. As you get to 80%, they come in easier. 90%, they begin to manifest with lots of synchronicity, serendipity. And so you don't have to have zero fear, but if you can get the fear down to 10% or less, that's when things flow in relationship and business and life and PK. Um, and uh, it's a free choice universe to me. And, and it's normal for us to base what's happening on our past experience. It's not the universe doing it to you. So I'm going to make up an example. I'm a 15-year-old guy. I'm in class, and I get attracted to a gal, and I ask her friends, do you think she still you might like me or things? And um, eventually I give up, get up the nerve to ask her out. And I go and say, would you like to go out with me Saturday to the movies? And she stiffens and reddens and says no. I'm going to assume she didn't like me. What I don't know is she does like me. She asked her dad the night before, I think this nice guy in class is going to ask me out. Can I go? And he said, no, you can't date till you're 16. So what she's showing me is her anger and embarrassment at, at what her father has said to her. Mm -hmm. But now I've had an experience. And I make a conclusion. She didn't like me. I wait three months and I get the eye of somebody else uh, and begin to be attracted to them. And now I have fear that I'll be rejected. So I go up to her at the wrong time, sweat under my arms, and say, well, you wouldn't want to go out with me, would you? Uh, when she's with her cool friends, my timing is off. And she says, oh, get lost. Now I got two episodes of experience, and that's going to tend to be what I repeat over and over until some blessing comes along, something changes it. Um, so, you know, a lot of people think they may 
not deserve good or they don't have talent, I find it's almost never that. It's more this idea that there's some patterns that you make conclusions from. And in a free choice universe, until you choose to change those, um, they will continue often. Um, does that make sense? Yes. That totally makes sense. Totally. You yeah. know, where we have this kind of, you know, paranormal experience, unusual experience background, like what I wonder about the correlation between that, like you mentioned, the prepubescent uh, teenage girls, and that is something people talk about in those circles. Uh, teenagers, there's a lot of hormones being able to influence things and create poltergeist-like activity. Um, let me ask you, when you do the slot machines, you, you probably find no difference between a computer slot machine and a mechanical one, or is as it matter to you? Does the device matter, I guess? Would be um, question. They're pretty much all computer now, even the ones that have the old handles. Mm -hmm. um, they may have had mechanical insides at one point, I don't know. But the, the ones now are through their pseudorandom number generator are picking a thousand hands a second. And, uh, and they're just, you know, paralleling what should happen poker by chance. And so um, it's not true that, you know, so you could play the machine for a half hour and leave and then the next person gets the jackpot. If you had just stayed, you would have. It's uh, very the timing down to a thousandth of a second. I think usually in laboratories, scientists like this, what we call micro PK, working with random number generators, things that are changing at a quantum level very quickly versus macro PK, meaning uh, levitating something across the room, bending metal with your mind, uh, those things. Uh, but basically the difference would be your belief. So, you know, people ask me, could I affect a machine on internet computers, you know, um, like a gambling site that's located in the islands. Probably you could, but you might conceive of it as farther away and harder to deal with, and therefore it would be. Initially, best I know, the Russians thought the PK field was about four or five feet from the body. Um, U.S. Americans dealing with this felt it was unlimited, and they got results results to prove both of those. Um, so in the U.S. studies, we do PK affecting things in the past, as long as no human has observed it. Um, we uh, One guy was in Antarctica one time, and I asked him to send a number to a group in Vegas, and he sent uh, the number. I kept track. I didn't know what he was sending. In that workshop, we rolled a lot of 5, 4 equals 9s. 80% uh, of the 9s were 5, 4 versus 6, 3, and they should be equal by chance. When I got home, he sent an email saying he was thinking 5, 4 equals 9. So somebody in Antarctica, just one person, sending it that great distance to us could have effect. So I don't worry too much, you know, of how the mind makes the dice roll a certain way, how the mind gets the metal of bend, how the mind affects the computer. There's some quantum physics articles by PEAR lab you can see online um, talking about some theoretical underpinnings, but we don't know exactly how it happens except to know that the ego doesn't do it. And there doesn't seem to be limit unless we put the limit on it. So it's almost the mental belief in the intention. Um, 
how, yes. how you view it. If you believe yeah. it will change and you feel good about it from the heart mm -hmm. to the mind. And you actually see those connections. The flows. And the, the data shows, and you know, when you talk about these kind of um, numbers and odds, it, it's fascinating. You know, it, it's so much different. This is where I, I just, I love parapsychology, and I, I think it's so interesting because you do do the science behind it and the math, and you look at it and you go, okay, well, you know, this is a little bit more than, uh, you know, yeah. did I hear something or did it something light up? It's, it's like, wow, look, look at this. This is the real thing. It's hard to um, to debunk it, if you will. Yeah, we have. Uh, there's a good book called Re I think it's Real Magic, um, Dean Radin. But at this point, from his point of view, doing meta analysis of all the research in the last few decades on psychokinesis, remote viewing, telepathy, uh, precognition. They are what they're called Six Sigma events. They would not occur even once in a billion by chance. Um, and those are getting pretty strong. We put out a new drug when it's 101 by chance. Um, and um, I'm doing the MC Squared program I mentioned with PK now virtually from Monroe uh, Institute. And we have people around the world. The last group, I think we had... Um, I don't know, 15, 16 people. And we had each of the people at the same time in their country roll the dice 10 times looking for doubles. We know that she come up once in six times by chance. So we can take the amount of people in the group and divide times it by 10, divide it by six. So in that group, I know we were supposed to roll 18 doubles by chance. We rolled 34. So in that 10 minutes or less, we were changing people's belief systems because 34 versus 18 by chance is very significant. Um, <clears throat> and uh, when we do light bulb lighting with PK Energy, we've measured 400 volts electricity off our hands. Wow. Um, the metal bending uh, has been looked at under your electron microscope, and it looks different than if you bent the metal by force. There's a good book called The Metal Benders by two physicists from England who um, look at this stuff. So we look pretty deeply on it scientifically. Um, <clears throat> on the energy healing, we can see uh, energy affecting DNA and changing how tightly it's wrapped and how many messages are going on in DNA. Um, they do experiments with uh, bacteria and vials where there might be 100 million bacteria in this container, and we know this antibiotic will kill 97% of them uh, within 15 minutes. If we have a healer put protective energy around that vial, there'll be a high survival rate of that bacteria even an hour later. Uh, so the experiments are getting pretty sophisticated to get away from placebo effects and um, you know fraud and different things that could be in the way. Um, so I think it's pretty hard now to be an open-minded scientist and say this has not been proven um, from my point of view. Absolutely. And even the placebo effect itself is, is sure. fascinating because you can measure the placebo effect and it's just people's yeah. belief that, you know, that drug yeah. did work for that particular ailment. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Very fascinating. Mm -hmm. 
A couple of comments out there in chat. Robert Honing says, there are many things that only exist if you truly believe they do. Thank you, Robert. And Anne-Marie Young says, all connected, everything. Yes. We, uh, much of this we are doing is oneness. Um, and um, ego tends to have a little trouble with oneness, you know. So much of what we're doing is softening the ego by moving into the heart. You can move out of your mind by vigorous physical exercise, by connecting, you know, with earth, with nature. But one easy way is to, to move into a very strong, loving state. And uh, so, you know, I had a, a film made of many people bending metal. And it was interesting. Each person did it differently. One would talk to the molecules. Uh, one guy, he had a, a, a NIDA heavy stainless um, fork, and he wanted to bend the tines, was having no luck. So he remembered how much his dog liked to be massaged between the pads of their feet. And when he did that, the, um, the fork just went very simply. I have some examples if you'd like to see. Yes, please. Here's one that I did. Let's see if I can find it on camera here. Everything is reversed, so. Yes, us too. <laughs> here. So I hope I didn't make somebody seasick. But that's the heaviest of night of silverware. Um, and if you try to bend those tines with your hand, you just make marks in your fingers. Um, this is the heaviest Oneida spoon. I've got to go this way. Uh, there you go. And there you the go. Perfect. There is so, so tight that it's hard to even see it. Oh, it's but twisted. A metallurgist looked at, yeah, a metallurgist looked at that and said, that's physically impossible because uh, oh. the metal would break. And I even had a picture of somebody, I didn't see this done, was done in a lab in California where somebody twisted a pencil into a pretzel. So a wooden pencil. Come on. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So, yes. so we have some fun. <laughs> I guess so. It does seem fun. <laughs> now I want to yeah. do that, too. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, that, that's something I haven't tried. And, and I do remember Yuri Geller. Of course, you know, he was pretty famous. Um, yeah. Often on TV and a lot of controversy and stuff surrounding him. But he seemed to really be able to do these things. And Yeah, he uh, was in uh, independent university labs. And they would take his shirt off so he'd be naked from the waist up. And they would have master magicians watching high-speed cameras in four different directions, all to keep from cheating to happen. And he was successful. But he was only 17 years old when he came. And my best feeling is that the pressure got too much. And he faked a fake on TV. And because, again, he's good remote viewer besides PK, uh, he went down to Mexico and did a lot of work with oil and gas drilling, using the commissions from that for his favorite charity, which was children's charities, and uh, went back to England. And uh, he became active again recently, I think a little bit, but um, interesting fellow. He claimed a specialness um, where my feeling is we can all do this. Um, and I see a difference between people that can do this for years and years and years and it'd be positive psychologically um they usually don't claim to be special they claim everybody can do it and then go that way 
but uh, it can be a way to really change your beliefs a bit. A lot. <laughs> Most yeah. definitely. Um, yeah. I want to ask you about people and heart transplants. When you pull, when you have energy, then um, you get, say, an, a heart transplant from somebody. And we've heard stories about people feeling the um, the person who was harvested from their feelings and. Yeah, right. Their emotions, their people, emotions heart transplant and, uh, recipients sometimes exactly. feel the emotions or experiences or I think yeah. even memories of yes. people who had got the heart came from initially. Yes. And do you think that ties yes, they, to this? Well, I think they did have um, even one episode where I think it was a woman, the heart she got was uh, from somebody and uh, she was able to go back and see who murdered that other, the person that was the donor. Oh, and wow. uh, they, they, wow. they came up and arrested because she experienced uh, that scene. I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think, you know, one first place is to free up concepts that the mind is in the brain. Um, it seems non-local from this work we do. Um, there also seems to be quite a bit of intelligence in the heart and in the gut. Uh, heart math does quite a bit of uh, stuff within the, the heart area. So if you then assume non-local for consciousness, it becomes easier to see how some of this stuff might be possible. That, um, you know, there's a psychometrist who could read a watch or a bracelet from somebody dead 100 years and give a perfect reading for what happened in that person's life. Um, I, I put the organ in, you know, like a heart transplant, maybe in that same thing that um, a certain object or house or an organ or holding somebody's hand, um, all of those things can be ways into greater knowledge about uh, what you're seeking knowledge about. But remote viewers, um, they might even just use a picture of an object that nobody's seen, a computer's holding the picture. And they could, let's say it was a uh, picture of a bowl. If you wanted to know, they could tell you who smelt the bowl, who wow. formed the bowl, and how many kids they had. Oh, um, my goodness. So information seems very accessible, um, but there can be various ways in it. And I think one way might be in might be a transplanted organ, that could be one of the ways. Uh, so that's my theory. I can't prove it. But. <laughs> Robert Honing says <laughs> memories are stored says, at the cellular level. Cellular level. Yes. So, um, so I think it's uh, in our very DNA. Um, we can make changes there in cellular structure. Um, often the emotional body is what keeps something there. So, you know, in that accident i mentioned 20 let me see i'm 71 so 50 years ago my foot was almost torn off in the motorcycle accident but at this point no cell is there that was there then what keeps the memory of the injury it's usually the emotional body and your mental constructs continuing to put those impressions into the cells and if you change that then healing can occur at a much deeper level um, so we've seen healings be instant, 
if a person can change their belief and their emotion around it. Not all the time, but often that can be possible. Sure. And people that have had limbs removed sometimes, um, you know, continue to feel them, right? That seems to be a yeah. thing as well, which is interesting. Uh, you mentioned uh, mm -hmm. feelings of oneness and this, you know, through your youth and going through the university labs, this, this oneness feeling. It, it seems complementary to that idea that you know, not everything is as separate as we think, like the mind is what controls all the thoughts and yeah. memories and stuff. And that the heart, know, the heart and other parts of the body maybe yeah. are working more conjoined than we give it credit for. Absolutely. How would you go about cultivating yeah. that, that heart energy, um, that happiness, that, that good spirit? Yeah. Well, the, you know, people watch a video of soldiers returning from war, being reunited with the family or puppies being born, their hearts open for a few minutes, but then the first bad phone call or commercial on TV, it closes again. So we look a lot at how to, to increasingly, increasingly make this a consistent heart opening state. I did a book called Liquid Luck. Um, it first became out as a, a meditation exercise called Liquid Luck. And I was trying to take 20 years of experience in this and condense it down to 35 minutes or so, so a person could get a taste of how this would be, be possible. And in, in that exercise, after the deep relaxation with binaural beat, we put in uh, first feel happiness and uh, help a person begin to feel happy, then abundant, then grateful, then compassionate, which gets them out of ego, then praising of the world, uh, then loving, and then feelings of good fortune. And then all they need to do is take a drink of this imaginary liquid that they've just formed with all these beautiful things in it when they want to buy a lotto ticket or whatever. And within uh, days, I got reports of winning lottos, selling houses, finding soulmates, getting business ideas, solving problems in business. And so I wrote a book called The Liquid Lock Handbook about it. Um, but that was one way to give people a taste of opening their heart. Since then, I've accented that even more deeply with a series called uh, the Heart Series, uh, the Abundant Heart, Healing Heart, Ocean Heart, Forgiving Heart, where there is instruction in the meditative state to how to open your heart. Um, and that's different for everybody. Somebody may feel kinesthetically that that heart area warms up. Others' visual might feel golden light coming into that area. Someone else may think of a loved one. Someone else may feel very grateful. But we, we help them cultivate this as a consistent, steady feeling, and then to keep it. Um, so the image in Ocean Heart is your heart is a vast ocean of unconditional love. And then later on, things aren't going too well. You can just think of that ocean and recall a feeling of an oceanic loving feeling within your heart area, and it usually will return quickly. Uh, the main thing in the way is fear. You know, I don't think uh, love has an opposite, but fear cloud lo clouds love. So my favorite saying, I have it on my wall, is fear is expensive, love is priceless, choose wisely. Um, and so that. much of what we're doing yeah, is to really reduce fear. Um, and, you know, fear can be 
a tough one if you're waiting for a biopsy result or you haven't worked in three months and your rent is due. Um, you can't, it has to be a genuine moving away. So one of the ways we often do is first ask the person to think of all the things that they are grateful for, that their hands work, the miracle of the human hand, uh, the beauty of nature, the books that they've read, the animals that have been in their life as pets, the people in their life that have cared about them, teachers in the past, what have you, and, and focus on what they do have, even if they're jobless at that moment, or even if they're waiting for that biopsy. And then they, they may see that as a big ice cream sundae, if they like sundaes, and what else they would like, like a free biopsy, uh, negative biopsy result, clear biopsy, or that job coming in as the cherry on top of the sundae. But we're asking to hold the space of gratitude and awareness of all the things that are already going right. Uh, and for most of us, that's a lot. You know, even in when I was in the body cast, I could celebrate breath. I could celebrate that I was in a place where people cared for me and brought me food to eat. It was hospital food, uh, which was maybe not the most gourmet thing, but it, I was very grateful not to be starving, right? Very true. Um, and people would come to visit and I could smell the air in their coats and remember the, the amazingness of fresh air. And uh, they brought in beautiful classical music so I could listen to Beethoven or Bach. So even in a body cast, there was a lot to be grateful for. Um, and so if you can move into that, that usually will reduce fear quite a bit, Review, reduce feelings of being victimized, things that would get in the way of manifesting positively or energy healing to occur. Um, that seem to make sense to you guys? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was going to say, I, I tell my yeah. children that I actually, you know, tell them a lot to you know, be grateful, be thankful for everything, you know, something worse could be wrong or, yeah. you know, so this is what we do. Yeah. Um, my friend, Anne-Marie is up there. Could you read that please? I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Anne-Marie says, I'll show it on our stream. When you let the ego go and feel nothing, you are most connected to everything. That's very That's a good, good way to put it. Her and I are very um, grounded and loving people. So. Yeah, I think that word yeah, gratefulness is, is not used enough. Really. No, it's people not. People don't it think really about isn't. it. And it, it's something <clears throat> that we've talked about. And sometimes even like with eating, I, you know, I ha I'm not vegan. And uh, I, I'll admit, mm -hmm. I feel a little guilt on the animals sometimes. And if I say mm -hmm. something, at least just mentally kind of thank it for being there on my mm -hmm. plate, you know, somehow I feel better about eating it. It almost tastes better that way. Yeah. You know, it's a and little I think, thing. you know, one of the, the big things is this has to be genuine. You could put somebody into what we call new age guilt by saying you should be grateful, you know, um, for the peas on your plate you don't like because there's starving kids in Asia or whatever it could be. Right. Um, and you should be grateful to, you know, write the thank you note to Aunt Nellie who sent you socks for Christmas that are two sizes too small <laughs> uh, because it's a thought that counted. And right. you have to find a way really for that 
the you know the child the teenager if you said you should be grateful they might snap back at you i didn't ask to be born um you know give you dagger eyes or something because they're feeling very badly hormonally and their perspective is is a narrow ego perspective so you need to meet people where they are in their pain and um but often can then move them to this place of gratitude if you do that with unconditional love without judgment of them of where they are right. um you know that type of thing so we don't want you should be grateful to become another uh pat answer um mm. sometimes you know there is a place for genuine grief you know when uh, my brother died of suicide when you know, I had a wife who had lost a child of cancer at six years old. There's a there's in the humanness we have. There's a time for mourning, and um, an expression of negative emotion. We don't want to repress all that and just be um, stiff upper lip in a new kind of way. You know, always grateful um, because it would be false. We have to move to genuine gratitude, and um, it could be a little bit of a journey to get there. But that's where we we want to go. It's, uh, life is a range yeah. of emotions. That's absolutely that's, true. And yeah, I think human, repressing yeah. them would be healthy. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, humans themselves are just in a range of you know array of emotions. That's so. the life experience yeah. in our our consciousness. Right. Yes. Right. You know, from one perspective, we some people have had the uh, vision in a near death experience, mm -hmm. or a vision from the other side when they look back at a life where they see how everything was in perfect order. And there's a knowingness of it is all good, if you will. Mm -hmm. But that's a perspective beyond black and white, good and evil, pain and pleasure. Sure. Um, and, sure. and that paradoxical reality we talked about, one needs to have respect and compassion for a person who's vibrating in a reality where there is good and evil and is in a reality where there is pain and pleasure. Um, and, and uh, you know, I have my own knowingness and faith that we will be at some other le level at some point where we see things maybe differently. But um, the, the validity of our experience needs to be honored without then going into just mauling around in victimhood for 20 years. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so, funny you mentioned the near-death experience. We interviewed an NDE um, last year at some point, and I'm, I'm Sorry if she's them. out there listening to this. I can't remember um, which one she was that said this. But when she came back, she actually changed everything in her life. It wasn't in order. Everything was wrong. And she realized her husband had been cheating on her. And she sold her house and a car like mm -hmm. within a week of coming back to yeah. to uh, the yeah. life consciousness, you know. And she fixed it. And she was so happy. And she was the most positive person, you know, that you would talk yeah. to. She, she said she felt more at peace in her heart as well. And I really like that yeah. part about it, and I'm so glad she's doing well. So that's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people make those kind of changes often when they um, move out of fear and can accept what is right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if a person had a drinking problem, they're probably not going to change it at all until they first admit they have a problem. So the near-death experience, often people come back with much less fear and greater insight. And then they will compassionately look at their life and rather than from victim, and they'll say compassionately, I need to change this. This, uh, you know, there's no trust in this relationship or 
this person's abusive to me or this job no longer serves me. And they can do that with much less fear because they know uh, at the deepest level that they're okay and that they're loved and their experiences are treasured. Absolutely. Uh, could you tell us about um, your scene creations, which we've put there in the ticker, can be found at www.scenecreations.com. Uh, your program yeah. for for everything we've been talking about and cultivating this PK. How does sure. it work? So it's spelled S-Y-N-C, like the word synchronize, and then the word creation, C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N. And um, it's on what we call a COVID special right now, uh, $300 off. Um, it's my, it started with my brother's suicide, thinking how can a good man, he was intelligent, hardworking, honest, etc. how can things not go well? And, and it felt to me like he was not feeling deserving of goodness and he had a lot of fear. So at the basics of the course, there's a lot of work within there and tools to help with feelings of limit, emotions that are maybe restricting and moving you into being able to visualize um, an ever-increasing life of lifelong yoga of increasing love. It's designed with all these psychokinesis tasks. So the metal bending comes with metal seeds to grow in your hand. We've had root growth of two and a half inches in two minutes off of uh, sending energy, um, those kind of things. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So we're wanting to give people very tangible verification that this works, that they can do it, and what the rhythm of building energy, focusing and letting go, um, that energy, how to get these things to work in the area of manifesting, healing, and PK. Um, and uh, there's uh, 13 exercises with the brainwave patterning that we've mentioned. A couple other free exercises during the COVID special are put in there. Um, and this has been, um, if people go to my website, Sync Creations, the tab that says Home Study on top, there's a survey of 60 people at the bottom of that page who've done Sync Creation and what they used it for. And that's a gamut from, you know, many people beginning to lucid dream, talk to relatives that have passed on, talk to unborn children, the uh, lucky in casinos, start businesses, have improvement of health. Um, all kinds of cool stuff. And on the Syncreation website, there's also lots of free articles. Top left, it says previous newsletters. And there's tips for energy healing, for PK, for um, manifesting. And so people may want to read the free articles at minimum just to get a little more background on this. But the, um, the Syncreation Home Study is our like Cadillac plan. It's our very, very uh, thorough thing. Uh, designed to be used lifelong. If somebody wants a taste, they can go to the products tab on top and just get one of these exercises. Uh, they're under 20 bucks as download or CD, like the Healing Heart if you had interest in the healing, uh, Liquid Luck if you thought that was interesting when I talked about that. So they're there just to be very accessible uh, at many levels of uh, commitment, if you will. But um, um, the the Syncreation Home Study course has been a big bestseller during COVID because people are home. <laughs> right. And uh, sure. if they work uh, two or three weeks, uh, uh, hours a week on this, they can make really good progress. So, 
and uh, eventually when we get past this, I think as you mentioned earlier, the, your program ties into trips to Vegas and you do take groups. And yes, it's, it's a lot of people do both. Uh, some, um, the MC squared uh, Monroe Institute that I talked about is a virtual program and eventually will be residential again, has very similar content to sync creation. So all of these kind of work are related together um, in different ways. Um, I've had my shot. Uh, I took J and J, so it was a one-shot deal. And um, we're we're probably going to require vaccination if we start in the fall, because we have people from around the world come to the Vegas workshop, and uh, for everybody's safety, that might be a criteria. But sure. we're eager to get started again. I love going out there. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great way to think of it. You know, we've been to the casino and had some runs, and I, I like them. He I don't craft. do it a lot, he likes but the dice. that was one of the things that drew me to your book. And um, yeah, I've had yeah. those times where it just felt like I'm I'm never going to crap out here. And yeah. people were making money off. Yeah. People give me tips and go, you know, this this yeah. kind of thing. No, not the kind of odds you you talk about in these books, but I feel like. There was something there, yeah. you know. It, it just felt good, and it was yeah. a positive thing. I'd be like blowing the dice. Yeah, blowing the dice. Here we go. And it's a very happy, uplifting thing. Yes, Experience. even if it's for twenty minutes, people will uh, report. That it was one of the most fun they could have legally as an adult. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And you can make a lot of money in twenty minutes of craps. Yeah. Yeah. It's yes. a very fast-moving yes. game. Yeah, I'm more of a blackjack. Yeah girl so <laughs> uh -huh. yeah yeah that can yeah. work too as we've come to find blackjack is real good with intuition. intuition doesn't matter Thank right? you. Yeah. she has That's wicked good. intuition keeps me on yeah. the straight and narrow <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't know it's um going to be interesting to see i think you know one of the reasons uh to do this stuff is for personal and then family. But above that, I think right now, culturally, it's really important we make the shift away from fear and into uh, positive manifestation because it is a free choice universe and it's a beautiful planet that could be a paradise if we focus in those kind of areas. Um, and so I'm very heartened when I, I see, um, you know, Monroe Institute put out some free meditations about 10 minutes long, most of them at the beginning of COVID, one a, one a week, a new one. And they've had hundreds of thousands of people listen. And um, there, there is some convergence going now where uh, larger and larger groups are, are focusing more on what we can do in the positive creator way. Um, if we can get out of our usual funk of exactly. uh, limiting thoughts and limiting beliefs as a culture. Um, and things are coming up now uh, for people to be very discerning. One other use for intuition is to try to decide what is for, what is truth and what isn't, because there's a lot of conflicting information out there. Um, right. But I... Uh, I think my grandkids are going to have great lives. I'm an optimist. Um, I just uh, have that feeling that we're going to turn this around. I sure hope so. And yeah. I feel like things are changing. And of course, you know, this, it's spring now. It's summer's 
you're just around the corner, the sun's out more, and there's just something to that yeah. that makes you feel good. You know, sure. at least we are in this part of the that country. Helps. It's actually a beautiful day today, which is nice for a change. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I do want to ask you one other thing, or just make a point. The um, random number gener- generators that we talk about when you discuss these studies, I think they're they're quantum, aren't they? They're really generating yes, I, at a very, very high rate of speed. Yeah, well, they are. Um, <clears throat> there's the genuine random number generators. Best I understand, which is what we use in scientific labs. Uh, they're a little bit more pricey. They are based on quantum uncertainty. Uh, so these there's quantum things going on in nanoseconds or even less uh, mm-hmm. period of time, very, very fast, as you mentioned. And that is used in the decision-making process by the computer to decide what number comes next. There is something called a pseudo-random number generator. That's what's being used in most uh, slot machines. It's making decisions also at at least a thousand times a second or more uh, off of mathematical route. Um, both of those are influenceable. And, um, and again, uh, it doesn't even seem like time is relevant. So. We could take a data pack that no human has looked at that's 30 years ago in the Princeton lab sitting there. And if nobody's looked at that data, you today could re- say, I want it to be more ones and zeros, for example. And it's likely that it will be when they open da- the data pack. So this stuff seems independent of time or distance. But yes, the random number generators are moving at very fast rates of speed. That's so interesting, and I know there was a study, and I forget the gentleman's name who who did get this started, but I, I think you mentioned it in the book too as well, um, where we have these kind of random gener- random number generators, uh, RNGs around the world, and how they change. Mm-hmm. I guess there's quite a few of them around there, based on the climate and attitudes of the country. Like during 9/11, they all tended to go to a one or a zero in a pattern with the you know, the odds of that occurring were ridiculous. Yeah, the, um, when you, like at Monroe Institute, they had four or five different buildings on campus. The one building that people would meet uh, to do group sharing on Wednesday in their gateway, which is kind of a peak day. It's a day in silence in the morning. There's three exercises back to back. The random number generator would go into order in that room, but not the surrounding buildings. When you have a worldwide event like 9-11, about 10, 15 minutes before the event, these random number generators around the world went into order. This is called the uh, Global Consciousness Project. Mm -hmm. And it's also gone into order with tidal waves, O.J. Simpson trial when we're waiting the verdict, Super Bowls, uh, Obama's acceptance speech to the first time he became president. Times when a billion people are focusing on the planet, they around the world tend to go into order. Um, and that's very much like that art reg experiment that I mentioned. There's also a global coherence project done by HeartMath in conjunction with Cileron, I think, which is the uh, an organization that came out of the Pear Lab um, and they are measuring magnetic fields around the earth when people pray, 
when people move into peaceful states and they're seeing results too in magnetic fields. Uh, so you have the random number generator seeming to respond as well as magnetic field detectors respond. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. I've never heard of yeah. that one with the magnetic field. It's so interesting. Yeah. You know, and again, yeah. it gets back to that oneness, right? So, yeah, you know, the body. There's, yeah. there's also um, ourselves as a collective, and it kind of speaks to the collective mm -hmm. unconscious that people talk about often. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, so you know, I guess really to nag a little on this today is if you can really open up your belief of how far your power could extend, how far your influence extends, how far grace can come from to you, how you're independent of time and space. All these things change what is possible in your world. Um, I, I think I might put in my, the Inner Vegas book an example of a, a fellow, he wanted a job and he wasn't having much luck look, getting any results that he liked. And I said to him, his name was Bob, what would you really like? And he said, I think I'd like a job. He's a playful guy. About two months a year, outside in beautiful weather, surrounded by pretty girls. Okay. So we said, well, go into these deep meditative states and put that out. And he went into what Monroe calls Focus 12, which we have in the Syncreation Home Study. And um, he put that out, and he got a call from somebody he barely knew from high school who took him out to lunch twice and paid for lunch. And the guy sold him his business on Rehoboth Beach, Maryland Shore, in the east, eastern shore of the United States. And by the end of the year, he had three boats, the Lexus, pretty girl in a bikini would ride in the boat to get everybody's attention. Coca-Cola or a local restaurant would have an ad one side or the other of the boat. And the season was two months a year. And But for most people, as soon as you say a job two months a year, they laugh. Game over. That's not in their belief system of what a job would like be like. Their belief system might be hard, unpleasant work, 60 hours a week equals a job. And therefore, that's what the box of possibility is for them. So as soon as you can open to a job two months a year, more magic can happen, okay? Mm -hmm. And we know now that some, you know, teenager gets an idea online and over the weekend becomes a millionaire with the idea, uh, with the power of social media now. Um, so our ability to change the world, to change the planet, to change our circumstance, to change our community is vastly underestimated by the way we usually think. And so my commercial is really to open up. And then as you build greater and greater heart energy, and that's matched by feelings that there is unlimited possibility, that's when with the magic comes. And to realize we're in a magic world, you know, the miracle of the human hand is, is magic. Uh, and so if you can have that type of attitude, then we're going to make the transition from where we are now politically, economically, environmentally to a, a very different world. It can be almost a blink of an eye. That's very true. It's, it's, it's amazing. Wow. 
It is. It's nice. So you guys play. like ghosts, huh? You, you oh, like guys? <laughs> we do. We do. But we, I don't particularly care for the poltergeist, but we've seen so. <laughs> in, in proof of an afterlife. Yes. You know, and that, that's where yeah. I was asking you about the self manifestation of, of poltergeist activity, you know, versus mm -hmm. something that is actually there talking back to you. You know, and yes. we talk about um, devices like slot machines. You know, I'm thinking in my head, you know, there's a whole host of what I call paranormal toys, you know, and there are things like. EMF readers mm -hmm. and different things yeah. um, that sometimes seem to really work. You know, we've had experiences with them that, mm -hmm. you know, are fascinating and, and um, weren't easily explainable. So, yes, I guess my question is how much of this stuff occurs through self-manifestation or somebody's even fear, a different emotion of mm -hmm. being in a scary place, right? Do you see people in the dark at night with the kind of trying to build up the fear intensity um we do this stuff during the day by the way yeah, we don't <laughs> for the most part <laughs> we rarely do anything at night but um you know i wonder if they they're bringing it on themselves uh through right. self-manifestation mm -hmm. or you know in, in those cases there is something you know talking or someone talking back to them and uh you know i think both occur really myself personally i think we both agree on that but trying to divide yeah, that, I think, uh, decipher yeah. what is what is pretty yeah. difficult. I think both, both are there. I'm not, not a huge expert in the poltergeist area, but I've seen evidence of um, things that, from my sense of knowing, I know were uh, poltergeist activity, which I might say would be usually ego fragments, kind of an echo of a person. And I would contrast that to beautiful, sometimes highly complex messages for people who may be in spirit and they're in communication with us. And then there are some things that are self-generated by a person in body here uh, in that psychokinetic way. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a very rich variety of experiences. Um, and... Uh, some I would consider kind of ghost story that had some fear components. Other things that have been very beautiful. Uh, many things that have been confirmed um, in that when people research this and look for verification of reincarnation, verification of uh, things, you know, they will have people um, aspect messages from other side about hidden objects or uh, circumstances of a crime or whatever that are very verifiable but you can twist yourself into a pretzel because you can say well maybe it's universal mind and you're being telepathic versus really talking you know and but occam's razor says the simplest explanation tends to be the truer one um i think we have to leave room for these phenomena um about a, a variety of ones so um I, I think uh, it's sure not a boring planet. There's plenty to keep you occupied. <laughs> sure. study and learn about. This sure yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> He's pulling props out. Yeah, I can show you what my props. <laughs> are. Like this is a device we like. This is a, a called a melmeter, and this thing, I think, is three or four different things that it can measure. You know, and we've seen okay. maybe a EMF, static electricity in the air. 
um, temperature, things that nature. I've seen it mm -hmm. just go bananas, for lack of a better word. So much so yes. in certain instances that I you know, actually reached out to the manufacturers. Name's Gary Galga, you know, and, and sent him a uh -huh. video of it. Let's see if he could explain it, and he couldn't explain it either. So you know, I feel like something might have happened with that. But was it through mm -hmm. some manifestation that that's where right. I wonder? Yeah. Anyway, or yeah. consciousness. Something there. Right. You know, we don't think there, it's mm -hmm. all scary and spooky, although no. we like the, we're kind of creepy and we like spooky <laughs> things back there. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think it's just a, a fascinating, um, fascinating world, like you said. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and I love love the positive energy in your message and in this idea yes, of cultivating definitely. heart energy, and and it, you know you're talking about more than it's, winning at the casino. You're talking about improving one's life. Yeah, the casino really was it picked up because it's such a quick feedback device. I could think negative for weeks before I got sick, or I might think positive for months, and my soulmate might not show up because those processes may take a longer time. And so a lot of times when people try to visualize, say like the movie The Secret, and they might you know, see the house or whatever they're looking, nothing happens. They again feel maybe they're not talented or deserving or that it's bull, it doesn't, it's fake, it really doesn't work. And so you're looking around for a place that would give you really quick feedback like your machine there does um, and and also keep your excitement high and the casino was wonderful for that but also the you know seeing somebody seeing root growth in their hand in two or three minutes so uh, on seeds That's in their hand and yeah. feeling feeling the vibration in their hand when that happens mm. lighting the light bulb the best we've had on that was a report of six pack of bulbs across the room for 20 minutes they stayed lit wow uh, the metal bending uh, we've had uh, uh, amazing kinds of things there uh, those give you confidence and so that's uh, I, I do spend some time in the laboratory um, <clears throat> because I think it's good to, to help the science progress um, but uh, these things you can do in your own home even um, will change how you feel about yourself and how you feel about power, what kind of healing might be possible. Um, and um, again, I think that's our next step. So um, I'd invite people that are interested in this at all to play with a little bit, understand it can be a very positive sp spiritual and psychological path if you do it with a loving love energy in mind. Um, yeah, we're actually very interested in the program ourselves. So. Yes. Yeah, you may be here. Oh, good. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. I've done hundreds of radio shows and uh, quite a few have said, I think I'm going to have to get that some creation and try it myself. And, and that's kind of fun when uh, they get to, to do that. Some some go with a liquid lock book and handbook, handbook and meditation to go a little easier on the pocketbook uh, to begin with, but enjoy that. So uh, you'd be more than welcome. Thank you. Uh, uh, we, well, we, we like to have it's kind of a whole family now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While we have a little bit of time left, I, what? let me ask you, what is meditation to you? So I think this is a word that's used in different 
modalities, if you will, in different ways, often. Yeah. Is there what is meditation to you, and what, how do you recommend people meditate? Is it a clearing of everything, not thinking <clears throat> about um, anything, trying to let thoughts just pass if you recognize them, let them go? Is it the focus of you know, like a yellow triangle and just trying to keep the focus and attention on that. Or being in your happy place. And being in a yeah. happy place, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, many um, Western-style meditations are more of the mind-blanking, letting go of the thought, um, and um, centering on the breath, something like that, to focus what you're aiming for um, um, a state of a, a very still or blank mind. Um, and paradoxically within that, becoming more aware, more conscious of things beyond linear verbal thought. Um, Monroe Institute, they tend to use a way where there are preparatory techniques initially done in a, say, a half hour meditation. The first five or six minutes are spent on things that help to clear the mind and calm the body. But then if something comes up, it's considered uh, potentially a form of guidance. So to give you an example, in a meditation, I might see a flash or a red wagon. In the traditional meditation of mind blanking, you'd let that go. In Monroe, you would pull on that and see there, and you might have the memory or experience of being five years old going down the hill in a wagon and remembering how it was to be five years old, totally free of responsibility. And then there may be a verbal message saying, play more. And that happened to me when my daughter, first daughter, was maybe three months old, and I was getting to feel too responsible, and it helped me really interact with her on a different level. It was win-win. So um, that would be more of a guided meditation often, visualization, um, so liquid luck, for, for example, I mentioned, would relax you first, get the mind blank, get the energies built, open the heart, have some good energy running through. And then there would be a guiding visualization to imagine uh, this happiness, abundance, and etc. Uh, that might be useful for you. Uh, so I think you can use the word pretty broadly. Um, contemplation also was what was taught to me in the monastery would be you would be out seeing the beauty of nature or looking at a candle flame and you are a mind quieting to the place where you become aware of the suchness all it is the infinite present moment so you lose any sense of linear time and you lose sense of boundaries so you'd be in a oneness state with uh, eternal present oneness state uh, all of that i think could be under this word we use pretty broadly, meditative. Um, and they're all appropriate at different times. So, so they're um, all useful. If you were, yeah, if you were going to, you know, you wanted to see, uh, uh, you're going to the doctor next week, and by then you want the uh, result to be that you do not need a root canal. Okay. You may contemplate over the weekend, first, thanks to the teeth, thanks to your mouth, thanks to the energy body, thanks to all the help around you and support from angels, archangels, guides, uh, moving your own energy. Yeah, moving your own energy and visualizing that tooth and that area of the mouth being in perfect health and uh, 
and feeling the gratitude for that health, etc. And then when you go, I, we've had reports of this. People go Monday and the endodontist says, what are you here for? You don't need a root canal. There's nothing wrong. Uh, where the dentist Friday had said, this is definitely you need the root canal. There's so much decay. So um, I would say what that person did over the weekend was meditate. Uh, but probably also good to just enter that suchness, openness, oneness type of meditation once in a while um, without asking for anything. It's like um, I know the Catholics talk about in many Christian traditions, different kinds of prayer. There's supplicative, oh, Lord, won't you buy me Mercedes Benz? There's gratitude prayer. There's contemplative. There's many different forms. And I would recommend being pretty good at all of them, <laughs> including just being in the void, everything and no thing, infinite potentiality place, um, that oneness point, because it's exquisitely healing to do that. Um, and we, we all have that capability. Uh, some people get to it different ways, drumming, walking in the woods, uh, dance, uh, some people use substances like ayahuasca and stuff. I don't personally recommend that. Um, I think it can be an opening uh, to other realms, but it, it, it may not uh, be positive long range. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I've met many people who are meditators using that word broadly who say, Joe, if I didn't meditate 20 minutes a day, I don't think I'd even be sane. You know, and they might be very active, intuitive people with three or four businesses as an entrepreneur, but they take the time to center each day. Um, I agree And in this COVID time, you know, I, my wife and I made a commitment to meditate every day about four o'clock. And after that, we don't watch broadcast news and we don't talk politics. And I could feel the letting go of the fears of the culture and stuff as we reset our energies. Because um, we're social animals and there's a lot of agitation out there right now. Um, sure is. Meditation is a good way to disconnect. Yeah. yeah, thank you for answering that. Because I think that is a confusion for a lot of people. You know, they might be listening now. They might say, well, I want to start meditating. And they Google it. And then they get back 20 different answers that right. seem completely unrelated. Yes. Like, I don't know what to yeah. do. You know, and uh, yeah. I, I like the, the correlation there with COVID and the news, especially last year when this all kind of set in. I knew it was really frustrating. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I kind of wish I had meditated more back then. We were, you know, just feeling that negativity. And I get to the point where I can't even watch yes. the, yeah. the news, you know. Yeah, because it was quite toxic. So depressing. Yeah, very, very toxic. Very much. Very negative. Everything yeah. was negative and fear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of fear. Well, I'd recommend that person who would like to start or even start when they've been meditating in the past but haven't in a while, to get something with the binaural beat and other uh, sound technologies now. It's just a lot easier um, to, in 10, 15 minutes, be in a, begin to be in a meditative state and not have that frustration of trying to quiet your mind by yourself uh, and not having much luck. Um, it, uh, it doesn't have to be as hard as it used to be. 40 years ago to enter a meditative state. So that's wonderful technology. Hit my website. You would want to yeah. use headphones or something like that, right? Because you have the. Yeah, headphones work real well with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. earbuds. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, let's. Um, your website again. Let's see. You know, just check this website. <laughs> Absolutely. It's www.syncreation.com. Yeah. For those of you that are listening S-Y-S. to this on a podcast, that's spelled uh, S Y N C creation, C R E A T I O N dot com. Yep. Absolutely. We would uh, love to thank yeah, you for you your. Google Joe Gallenberger. I should come up if you Google Liquid Luck. I come up uh, pretty much a lot of places. So. Yep, Liquid yep. Luck, and uh, of course, the book that got me started yeah, with right. you was uh, Inner Vegas, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, it actually was from your Jeffrey Mishlove interviews. Yes, which were fascinating. Uh, we love Jeff Joe, <laughs> and he does such a wonderful job up here, and has He's great. some of the best stuff yep. I, I can come across on the yeah. internet as far as interviews we look yeah. really look up to him yes so that's have you guys seen the superpower film that just came out no. it's uh 10 episodes you go to superpowerfilm.com and they had all the episodes for free um last week and now um, now you'd have to buy them but they may have some other way to get in touch with them and they had 40 people uh, bruce lipton dean raiden myself I'm in probably six, uh, six or seven out of ten episodes. Wow. But we, uh, it's a beautiful series on intuition and human potential, uh, one communicating with animals, one for uh, children and what potential is with children. So that's kind of a, my latest project that I was in. That's it, wonderful. It was kind oh, of neat. We're going to definitely check excellent. that out. Yeah, I just brought that up on my computer. Yeah. Look, we're going to put it on the looks yeah. pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. And, of course, we're a week late. But that's okay. We got to talk to you directly, yeah. so we're actually yeah. yeah. We're very lucky. We yeah, feel really very fortunate it. for to and grateful. And grateful. And grateful. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. And, uh, Just speak you. with you. My pleasure. You. We appreciate it. So, yeah. so folks, go check out Dr. Joe Gallenberger at his uh, com and also check out superpowerfilm.com. Which yes. I just brought up looks super interesting, and we'll probably be checking out ourselves right after the show. Yes, we will. <laughs> I'd like to thank you for your time. Okay. Thank you really again. We oh, you're welcome. You guys have a good rest of the weekend, huh? Thank you. Excellent. You as we'll well. Try. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Take care. Thank you. <laughs>